Hi, welcome to the Wondering Podcast. Today we have our first guest ever. <laughs> I'm really excited. So, Bella is the perfect example of how life has millions of prizes and places to offer you. From volunteering in Guatemala, being pre-med in the United States of America, studying abroad in Spain, to now living in Austria. On Instagram, she's more known as Caffeine and Chemistry, where she starts sharing her pre-med experience along with her love for science and caffeine. Now she's on a new adventure, living in Austria with her husband. Well, we have never met in person and only talked on Instagram a couple of times about 90 Day Fiancé, I'm really excited for this episode. We explore what it's like to live in different places and her pre-medical journey um, through those places as well. Talked about the cold in the Midwest and Austria, what it means to be Midwest nice and a lot of more things. Stay tuned. So uh, everyone, welcome to the Wondering Podcast. So today we have uh, Bella here with us. Um, so to get started, I selected a quote for you. And that quote is, wherever you go, go with all your heart. And my question is, where have you been and what has your heart? Oh, I've been a lot of places. Um, my first trip out of the U.S. was to Guatemala in 2015. And mm -hmm. that had my heart for a long time. And I went four times, actually. And then I've been in, I was in Spain last year, right before the COVID pandemic hit. And... I saw a couple of other countries in between. I was in Italy mm -hmm. before Germany. And then in March, at the like the very beginning of the pandemic, I ended up going to Austria because I was dating an Austrian. <laughs> and I never left. So <laughs> I have to say that I guess Austria has my heart. And obviously my then boyfriend now husband does because we ended up getting married and I never left so <laughs> yeah I think you have such like a crazy story and I want to like dive into each piece of it like almost each country so um I did see on your Instagram that Guatemala is really special to you um and that's of like the place that you felt like uh, called to be a doctor and so my question is like how does that love for medicine change as you experience life in so many places Oh, that's a good question. So it definitely is still there. And I still love like everything medicine has done for me. Like it's brought me so many people and now I work as a COVID tester. So I get to experience mm -hmm. kind of a whole different side of medicine also in another country. But I think there's so many different aspects of medicine in every single country. And like, it's just very interesting to see how different countries handle medicine so in the U.S. we're more chemical chemically focused on our medicine whereas I feel like in Europe it's more holistic like I have people who are told to put um quark like a type of cheese on a swollen ankle or a sprained ankle oh wow so I just think it's there's different ways of going about treating things I'm not saying either one is like better than the other. I think both places could learn a lot from each other, but I think it's just very interesting to see kind of how different countries implement different things into medicine and how that affects people in general. Yeah. So I still I still like medicine and I've really enjoyed 
this job as a COVID tester because not only am I actually doing something for people in the pandemic, but I also have been really able to practice my German and my medical German and kind of get my foot in the door, which has been really, really helpful. And it looks good on my resume for when I do want to apply to med school or whatever I end up doing. Mm -hmm. So um, you speak three languages, right? And like, I see on your stories a lot that you say that you use all three. So like, how is it for you? Because for me, I've been in the US for seven years. And I think my mind is like, I'm like Portuguese, English thing, like some words are in English and words are in Portuguese, like for you with three, like, is do you see German creeping in a lot? Or like, how do you think, you know? Yeah, that's a good question. So now it's it's definitely more German than Spanish. I don't use my Spanish as much. And German is a very precise and exact language. So they have a <laughs> lot of words for things that we don't have words for in English. Or it's like, you have to, I don't even know how to explain it. But there are certain words that I feel like make more sense in German sometimes. Like I'll think of a sentence and it's in English, but there's a word in German that fits it better. Yeah. So I think... I have all three in in my head, and I am taking a Spanish course, so I still have Spanish, but my brain is definitely mostly English, and then depending on how much German I've had to use during the week, it definitely gets more and more German. Yeah, yeah, I definitely feel all of that. Like, when I watch Spanish shows, like, because of Portuguese so similar, like, I pick it up really fast, and, like, for that time I'm watching this show, it's, like, in me, but... I remember that was a time that English kind of took over me, especially when I went to college because I was not speaking Portuguese as much. It kind of like hovered everything. Um, it's probably going to happen, I feel like, and then it's going to go back to a normal state. At least that's what I experienced. Yeah, I think even now, if I've really been talking German for the whole day, so if we'll see friends or something and we're talking in German the whole day, then my brain is mostly in German (laughs) and that's also good because then we start to speak a little bit more German at home because right now we speak mostly English yeah I was gonna ask how does it work because it's like I feel like your life took like a crazy turn you know and that's like something I wanted to ask you because when you're here like pursuing medicine I feel like there's this like preset plan at least that's how it feels for me like you do college take MCAT apply go to medical school residency all of that and you kind of have to like instill that in you. You have to have this very like focus because such a long route. So how was it for you having like, oh, I'm going to do this for so long probably. And then you meet someone and you fall in love and then it just shifts. Honestly, for me, I, I cannot say this for anyone else who would be in a similar situation. But for me, it was it's been so nice, actually, like the shift because I had this whole plan and my life was like preset for the next 30 years (laughs) and it was everything I was doing had to go towards that plan so everything you do in undergrad has to be oh I have to do this so that it looks good on my med school applications and it just continues and continues and it's still like that here in a way but I have so much more time to myself I don't have to be constantly studying for the MCAT or constantly trying to I don't know get volunteer positions I mean I'm still doing things like working as a tester or 
whatever studying German but and there is an entrance exam here but it's much more relaxed at least right now mm-hmm. uh, my brother-in-law's a doctor and he said it is still really hard and it's a very similar training plan with like six years med school four years residency but I just feel like it was so nice to step away from that idea and that life plan that I had in my mind and I actually have time to watch a movie on the weekends or go on a hike so it's just been really nice for me but I also know that not everyone can just like take a huge 180 degree turn with their life in in two hours basically yeah I definitely like relate a lot and I think that's what let me start this podcast because like in college until I graduated I was what you described is what I felt. It like felt like everything was for me to get into med school and graduating and like applying still. Like I've realized I live more in the now. Like I want to stop rushing my goals and just be present, live a life, you know? <laughs> I think it's important. But so I wanted to also ask you, so did you always want to live abroad? Like was that always in your plan? Like, in the back of your mind, I was like, oh, that would be really cool. Or was it just simply, like, love that, like, took you there? Like, does that make sense? Yeah. So, after Guatemala, I definitely had this passion for for global health. And I wanted to live in Central America or Spain because I thought, oh, I know Spanish. It'll be Mm -hmm. easy. Easy is not really the best word. But it'll be easier if you already know the language to move somewhere. But it was always, oh, once I'm done with residency, then I can look at doing Doctors Without Borders, then I can move abroad. And it was really a blessing that I was able to study abroad because that also kind of helped me decide, oh, if I actually could see myself living abroad. And I didn't enjoy Spain as much as I thought because it was not as much like Central America as I had in my mind, Mm -hmm. culture-wise. But I really fell in love with Austria and That was also one of my husband's worries when I first moved here was that I wouldn't like Austria and, you know, would I regret it? And I just ended up being really happy. I mean, I still have my hard days, but I really enjoy living in Austria and being in nature. And I don't know, it ended up being a really good thing for me. I just didn't expect it to happen at age like 20. Yeah, I think it's kind of cool because... I feel like sometimes we have we really we wish on something and just having that openness to it we're kind of preparing for like what life actually has for you in a way maybe that's you know what happened but um I want to talk about Austria I went to Austria once I was in Vienna only for two days and both me and my boyfriend every corner we turned we were like wow like it's so beautiful uh, we didn't have like a great experience with people wise though. I was in a pastry shop and the lady didn't speak any English and she screamed at me in German because I kept, hi, like, do you have time now? And she was co- counting coins or something. And I could tell like she was like really upset. I was like, just give me some time, you know? And I was so stressed. Like I was literally shaking after. <laughs> it's pretty intense. How is it for you? Like, do people think you're Austrian? Or now you're American. How is like integrating there? Um, well, first of all, your story makes me laugh because Austrians in general consider the Viennese to be like their own separate people. Really? Because they tend to be yeah, they, they have their own personality. And 
it's not they're not all bad I know a lot of really great people that live there but um yeah so for me it wasn't so hard to integrate at first I mean I moved here right at the beginning of the pandemic so I can't really say like yeah I I lived a normal life in Austria so far but I had already taken one semester of German so I knew like the basics like oh my name is and I'm 20 years old or anything that I just like can get by with and then in the summer we had talked and like we knew we were getting married so we said okay maybe I should take an actual German course and I did and my German is a lot better now and a lot of people like they know I'm not Austrian especially where we live now but everyone is usually pretty impressed with my German (laughs) so that makes me feel happy because I feel like I have integrated pretty well and I know a little bit about Austrian culture and the language that's the biggest thing Germans just really or Germans Austrians really like appreciate when you are trying and Mm -hmm. learning and if you are you usually don't have problems I've had my own fair share of bad experiences but it does help that we lived before in the city where there's like the most um, expats or at least that's what I was told mm-hmm. and that I was so easy to find Americans or just to like find someone who speaks English so that helped but overall I found integrating not to be terrible then again everyone has their own experience so yeah I realized I've been following you for such a long time and I don't even know how I found you on Instagram. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've been following her since this, you know, like, like literally since the beginning, I think. And I, I just think it's crazy. I remember like when you went to Spain, I was like, okay, just studying abroad, you know, school, but nothing out of the extraordinary. And then when you moved, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she moved. And I was like, life is crazy, (laughs) you know? Life is crazy, and I really uh, liked following you, especially after you moved, because I feel like a lot of things that you went through, like are you going through, I went through, but completely opposite, me adjusting to American life, and you adjusting to European and living in Austria, and you said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, it's funny, because when you share things, I get it, because it's like the two sides, you know? <laughs> But uh, you said something super cool once and you were like, oh, I could kiss American soil. I remember feeling that. I remember I could literally go to the ground in Portugal. Like, and when I was homesick, like in my head, I would like close my eyes and see like how I would be driving on the freeway in Portugal. Like that sounds so random, but that's how I was like killed, like homesickness. Um, <laughs> so how is it for you like missing the U.S. and... You know, I feel like it's hard since, like, you're so, like, young. You know, we're both so young, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely miss it. And I actually, today I was talking because flights are so cheap right now. And I was like, (laughs) I could go next month for 350 euros or 400 euros. And I will literally kiss the ground when I get out of the airport. Um, I miss it. It's not like a an everyday thing where I really am like I want to go home because I feel like I have adjusted pretty well but there's definitely days that are worse than others and now it's been the longest that I've like actually been away from home so I think it's Mm -hmm. been eight months which is not long for most expats but for me it's like oh it's the first time it's been this long and it gets a little 
worse every now and then but for the most part it's not bad I mean I have some American goodies I have like my ranch dressing (laughs) that kind of saves saves my homesickness um and then I also this is so dumb but I still have my baby blanket and that just like smells like home so whenever I'm having a really bad day I like just snuggle that and then I feel better (laughs) for the most part I know like that was like I remember like sometimes when I would go to Portugal you know my mom would wash my clothes and stuff then I would come back like some of them I would just smell them because it smelled like home so I get that um that you mentioned ranch I want to ask you like if there's like one thing you could bring from America to Austria what would be that I don't know if I could pick just one that's so hard (laughs) I think it would honestly be Right now, like, I miss my weighted blanket so much because, like, most things you can make yourself or get here, Mm -hmm. but I just don't want to pay for another weighted blanket, and I don't want to use, like, I don't even know, 15 pounds of my luggage for a weighted blanket. That's ridiculous. (laughs) So, and that's, like, also something that's, like, I used to use it every single night, and I slept so good, and I sleep good now, but... I still, like, miss having that. So I would probably bring that right now if I had to pick one thing. (laughs) Yeah. Like, there's stores, right, that sell, like, American thing, food and stuff, right? Yeah. There's a few snack shops. Um, Well, that's, like, what one of the American stores is. And then there's um, Amazon France also has some stuff from Costco France. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. And... Yeah, so there's definitely places to get, like, your mac and cheese fix, your Pop-Tart fix, but it's more expensive, which is the, like, expected, but it's still kind of annoying to pay Mm -hmm. 7 euros for a box of mac and cheese or whatever. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, I I get it. Like, um, for Portuguese things, it's really hard. Like, there's none. And just to have an idea, we eat, like, this really salted codfish. Like, it's literally salted and dried like that and it smells so bad it smells disgusting and like every time we go to Portugal my grandma prepared like tons of codfish and we put it in trash bags in our luggages and we have to save it throughout the year it's so bad so I get that I feel like food helps even if it's expensive I feel like it helps a lot um in the other side of the thing what would be the one thing that you bring from Austria to the U.S.? Oh, that's so hard. Um, uh, I don't know. I can't bring the mountains. So, uh, because I'm from the Midwest, so there's nothing. Like, it's so flat. Uh, I don't know. That's really hard. Like, there's some, like, I definitely miss the food from Austria when I'm in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like I would just bring, like, an Austrian Gastel for, um, like, a little restaurant and just, like, bring one from Austria and put it in the U.S., <laughs> And I would be so happy because, I mean, you know, like, if you get food from, like, Portuguese food in the U.S., it's still not the same yeah, as if you were in Portugal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, like, talking about Austria, so me and my boyfriend had the another ex- weird experience at a pastry shop. We went to this pastry shop to try schnitzel, okay? We're like, we're going to try apple schnitzel. And it's, like, pretty famous in Vienna, I think. Like, at least that's what internet said. And this guy was like, oh, our specialty is this, like, little pink, like, little square. and like Yeah, 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 the square. Yeah, and I don't know what it's called, like, though. We'll have it. And we, like, cut it, and it's, like, 
it smelled like alcohol, like so strong. Really? Yeah. And then we put it into our mouths, and it's like we couldn't eat it. Like it was so busy. It smelled like rubbing alcohol. You know, it tasted like that. And we were like, oh my gosh, we can't eat this. You know. And then he comes back and is like, "How's the specialty?" And we were just so embarrassed because we couldn't eat it. And we're like, "Oh, it's good," you know. But it was disgusting. I was like, "This is awful." Like we still laugh about it because it like looked so pretty. And then we cut into it and it was like literally like rubbing alcohol. <laughs> oh my goodness! The one time I had that. I still I don't know what it's called, but the one time I had that, I just remember it tasted like cake with like a little bit of like rum maybe, yeah. but I don't remember it tasting so alcoholy. That's it was so, so funny. bad, yeah, but I had a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, we were there for two days and we were really sad because we wanted to stay longer. But it's a really nice city, but I I mean we live in Carinthia, which is um a lot more south. We're pretty close to the borders of Slovenia mm-hmm. and Italy. So I prefer the more rural parts of Austria to the city, but we have to go to Vienna for day trips sometimes, and I I do like going there for a day or two. I just don't think I could live there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I really liked it. Like when we went, we did a big Europe trip, and I was set on Paris, but I feel like Vienna was my favorite. It's just so different. Like I had never seen like the architecture like that, but I think it was pretty cool. Um, something I wanted to talk to you about is um. You share a lot on your Instagram, like, hashtag choose joy. Like, where did that come from? You know, like, did you find it? Like, how, what place have oh that gosh, in your I life? I have to remember. <laughs> it was, like, it, it's really important to me, and I just don't remember exactly where it started, but it was just something where I went through a, a couple of years in my life where I was really really anxious and depressed and I actually think this is kind of where it came from because during my freshman year I went through this like huge major panic attack anxiety episode it lasted over a week I lost so much weight I was it was so bad and I posted about it on my story and I think choose joy came not that long after that or like a little bit after that and it was just like a huge thing where like joy isn't something that is just there like we even when we're going through a really hard time we can still choose to be happy and joyful about the things that are going right in our life and especially during COVID times I think it's so important to look at what is in your life that you have to be thankful for and to just be joyful about that like yeah it's a really hard time everyone's losing jobs money you can't travel But for me, this year brought so much joy. And of course, that's not the case for everyone. So I do feel for the people who didn't have that. But I just think it's so important to always be thankful for what we have. And that's kind of where Choose Joy came Mm -hmm. from is like finding joy, even when you don't feel like there's any way to find joy. Yeah, I, I definitely relate a lot to it now. I feel like during college, I was too stressed to think about it, if that makes sense. But I feel like having more time, I'm like, yeah, like, this is my life. I need to be happy today, not tomorrow, <laughs> you know? Um, so talking about finding joy, like, in your day-to-day now, um, where do you find joy? Oh, um, definitely being, like, being able to 
be with my husband because we were in long distance for five months and that was before Instagram even knew he existed and we were supposed to actually be long distance for the whole year pretty much but I was able to get my semester um, in the fall moved online and this semester was at a university here mm-hmm. so for me that's just like such an amazing thing to be able to have that life together and to come home together and just you know like be together without having to worry about do we have to get married what do we have to do about the visa Mm -hmm. like that was our whole last year and we just get to kind of enjoy life and then I think also just like being able to go outside I haven't had such a beautiful winter in so long where I've been able to go outside and go hiking or go skiing or yeah whatever it's so refreshing and to just like be relaxed and not be stressed about schoolwork <laughs> every single day of my life yeah yeah I I get it because I I feel that talking about winter like can you share about the Midwest? Because I have no idea. Like, when you said that Austria, like, in the beginning, Austria, like, isn't as cold as you're used to. Like, how's the Midwest, Do you know? Okay, so my husband, we met when he was on his study abroad. And the right before he got to the U.S., we had a polar vortex. And it was minus 40, which is freezing. Um, minus- usually, it's, like... Minus 40 is the same in Celsius and Fahrenheit. Yeah. So it was freezing. Minus 20 is pretty normal. Like um, minus 20 Fahrenheit is pretty normal in the U.S. In in the Midwest. So that's not like unrealistic. Here, I'll give you a better day. It's so cold that my university had tunnels under every single building. So that you did not have to go outside in the winter. Like, people would go a month without going outside. And in Austria, it's, like, it's cold. It was minus 10 here a few times, but it's not that cold. Like, I could still go to the post office on foot if I needed to and get something. Oh, my gosh. That's such – that's so crazy to me. I remember seeing the tunnel thing, and I was like, oh, that's cool. But I didn't know that it meant – it was just so you wouldn't go outside and get, like – frozen that's so crazy like yeah here like I think the coldest is get is like 60 Fahrenheit and like maybe in the morning it's 50 and I think that's cold that's nice and I think in Portugal like at least when I lived there it was like five Celsius like in the morning and then it's probably like 10 to 18 so I yeah. never lived anywhere that cold and I can't imagine like what that feels like but that cold in the Midwest feels pretty cold. I made the mistake of going to church once when it was zero degrees Fahrenheit. And I had to walk to my car from my dorm. And I just remember thinking, oh, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. And I could not stop coughing in the car on the oh way gosh. there because it was so cold. Like I was just, I felt fine. And then I got in my car and it was just like all the air was so cold in my lungs yeah. that I just had to cough. Oh my gosh. I uh, I can't imagine that. So I do want to ask you because I feel there's this thing called Midwest nice, right? That's the thing. Yes. That's one what of my favorite things to talk about. <laughs> okay. So yeah, Midwest nice. I talk about this all the time because... I, it's just like the general attitude of people in the Midwest. Like, 
I don't know, like baking a cake for your neighbor or a casserole. Like when someone's sick or has a baby, there's like meal trains where 40 or 50 people will get together and each plan to deliver a meal to that person and sign up. Yes. And like it can be something like that or just like letting your neighbor, like letting your neighbor borrow a cup of sugar or some eggs or if you run out of gas or like your car breaks down in the midwest you will have five people stop within 10 minutes to help you and you'll be like oh what can i pay you and they'll say no no nothing i just had the stuff in my car or like people shoveling your driveway like it's just like it can be little things or big things but i like I miss it so much and I actually told my husband about it when I first moved here like we have to bring all of the neighbors cookies or cake or something because that's midwest nice and then they'll be nice back to us (laughs) and like you can cultivate that kind of neighborhood community he's like you're crazy if you want to do it you can do it and so I did and I brought three or four neighbors some cookies I think or some muffins And one of our neighbors that I brought them to actually brought us, like, a pie the next week. Like, two pieces of pie. And I was like, see? That's what Midwest nice is. That's so cool. And it's just, like, yeah, it's just, like, being nice to people and, like, being a good neighbor, I guess. And it kind of comes from, like, we've talked about it with one of our friends who's Irish in the U.S. And she said, like, it's it's really just the difference of like in Europe the state takes care of you mm-hmm. and in America that's not so much the case like you it's every man for himself uh-huh. and so people are really just more community focused mm-hmm. and like they care about their neighbor a little more and I miss that a lot yeah that's that sounds really cool like I feel like that's so different than California I feel like California very polite you know I don't know if you get that idea I don't know if there's any stereotypes but. <laughs> I feel like it doesn't, like, where I live, it is like that, but it is, like, literally a community through our neighborhood, but I feel like that's such a cool place, and it seems like you're just spreading kindness, and it's, like, this multi-big community, you know? That's the other thing, like, in the Midwest, you smile and say hi to people on the street or walking or in the grocery store, and you actually mean it, and here... In where we live in Corinthia, it's kind of like that, but usually it's just like, oh, they'll smile at you and then they turn around and don't care. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the Midwest, you'll probably run into, at least where I'm from, not so much in the big cities, but where I'm from, I would run into my like third grade teacher in the grocery store and we'll have a whole conversation for 15 minutes. Yeah. And it's just like being nice and like being a genuinely nice person to everyone around you. And that's super stereotypical, but it's definitely a thing that you notice when you're not in the Midwest. Yeah, like, we don't have that. I feel like even if you're not in the Midwest now, it's cool that you're recreating it, like, where you are. Yeah, we we try to. I mean, we did try and bring some stuff to our neighbors, and we had some very nice responses, and then we had some where it's like, yeah, but you're not allowed to come in because COVID. COVID. And I was like, okay, we weren't trying to. We were just bringing you a cinnamon roll, you yeah, know? Yeah, that's cute. That's funny. So something I wanted to ask you about is knitting. Because um, I've tried to start knitting, and my grandma knows how to knit. And I had to call her, and I had to ask her for help. Um, and I literally 
submitted like this like little square like three four times and then I gave up <laughs> so how did you find it and then like how did you learn you know I feel like it's hard to learn by yourself okay so I started I started crocheting when I was like eight I think I just I think somebody gave me a book about crocheting for kids mm -hmm. or something and I thought it was really cool so I kind of got into it and I liked crocheting better because I tried knitting and I could never really get the hang of it at least back then and even like the most basic stitches I could not figure out how to do and I think it's partly because I'm left-handed so I didn't uh, understand how mm -hmm. to like move my hands and I was trying to like read and watch videos and it didn't make sense to me so I stopped for or after like two years I think I was like nine or ten and I thought yeah I don't really want to do crocheting and knitting anymore maybe I'll pick it back up or something like that and then I in 2019 I got an ad for we are knitters which is this mm -hmm. company that like sells kits for knitting and I thought oh you know like I kind of want to try knitting again yeah, or like cool. a new yeah. hobby <laughs> yeah and sorry I kind of knew already like the basics so I said okay I'll just order a kid and see what happens and I don't know why I did a sweater for my first project <laughs> like do not recommend that <laughs> but it turned out okay it turned out way bigger even though the little square I did was the right size it yeah. turned out huge I was going for like a small or a medium and it was like an XL or bigger oh, wow. <laughs> so I don't know what happened but after that I did that in like a week and I was like oh this is so nice it'll be such a good hobby when I'm in Europe so I ordered another one and that was another sweater and it actually turned out way better it looked super nice mm -hmm. and then quarantine happened and so I was like oh you know like I got my third sweater kit right before quarantine or right before lockdown like it came to Spain and then I left like two days later so that was really like kind of where it kicked off was at the end of 2019 and then being in quarantine I had so much time mm -hmm. and I was doing online classes so I thought you know this is so nice to just knit and watch my classes yeah. or do my lectures and so I finally in the summer I was like you know I think I can start some like more advanced knitting techniques so I did this cardigan by this lady that I really like and it was so challenging at first and then once I figured it out it just kind of clicked and then I haven't really stopped since then yeah <laughs> like I just really like find new projects all the time and at first it was like only we are knitters only kids and now I'm kind of learning more about like oh you can use this yarn instead of this mm -hmm. yarn or here's a good type of yarn so I'm kind of like I don't have to just do exactly what the instructions yeah. say like I can buy Your own. my own yarn or a similar yarn and not spend as much money on like the highest quality yeah. because I'm also a student still. So. <laughs> yeah, it's expensive. Yeah, it's expensive. It's really expensive. I was using like only we are knitters for the longest time and I really like their wool, but it's so expensive and there's definitely cheaper options. I got some yarn at Hobby Lobby when I was in the States uh -huh. this summer and it was like three dollars for 100 grams of cotton, 100% cotton, yeah. same size of yarn, everything. And I made this tank top and it worked really well. It was just a little fuzzy at first, yeah. but it worked really well. So there's definitely cheap alternatives. You just have to find them. Mm -hmm. 
And they might not be, like, as high quality, but as long as it's comfortable, that's kind of what matters. Yeah, I saw, like, that you made socks for your husband. That was so cool. I was so invested in the socks. It looked so complicated. Um, funny story. They're not done yet. They're not done yet. <laughs> no. I started in September. I bought the yarn. So I came back in August to Austria. I bought the yarn, and I thought, this is going to be his Christmas present. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I finished one. And then I made him a sweater, and I did not ever finish the second because the needles are really, really yeah, tiny. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, it looks so yeah. complicated because you have to do, like, a little square, right, to, like, do the same Yeah, thing. so there's two different ways you can do it. So, And I just learned how to do the second. There is, like, using the four or five needles. And then you can use like one circle needle and I didn't know how to do it with the circle needle. Now I do. I just don't want to buy a circle needle yeah. in that way <laughs> or that size. So it it is pretty complicated. Like, okay, it, it is, but it's not. Like once you read through and like learn how to do it, it's not that mm-hmm. hard. But it's definitely one of the more challenging projects I've done. And Anytime you have to make two of something, it's just so much more work yeah. and you don't want to do it. Yeah, I get it. My grandma, she knits, and my mom learned this here too. And they make like little jackets for babies and they give them like to charity and stuff. Mm. It's pretty cute. Um, so like, has knitting taught you anything? Because I feel like when you have like that hobby, like you keep doing it for the challenge, but also I feel like you learn something with it, like using your hands and all of that. Yeah, I think using my hands has been like something really nice because instead of just watching Netflix, I can knit and watch Mm -hmm. Netflix. So I can actually do something productive. And it's, I don't know if there's any like, you know, big life lessons, (laughs) but it's just kind of taught me to like, be creative and like use my creativity in a different way. And I would love to design my own pattern, but I just don't know if I'm like, quite at that level yet. But I've been like trying to use it to explore my creative side because before it was like only neutrals. I don't like colors. Mm-hmm. And I like I said, I bought that yarn and that was a bright red and with the socks. So I'm like trying to challenge my creativity and like use different combinations of colors or yarns or whatever to kind of make something And I think it's nice, like, your mom and your grandma, like, make the little jackets. I like making baby stuff because it's so cute and it's so so tiny. And it doesn't take as long (laughs) because usually it's, like, a cotton yarn. So it's, like, a decent, like, three or four millimeters. So it's not super tiny, but it looks so cute. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, So I feel like we're wrapping here and I have two questions. So, like, one of them is, like, with all your life changes, you know, like, moving and experiencing so many different places, and, like, I feel like you moving to Austria and, like, getting married on our, like, looking from an outsider, it looked fast, you know, it looked sudden. Um, Like, what has that taught you? Like, it seems like you were never, like, expecting this life, and it happened. So, like, what has that taught you? Um, so it, it definitely was sudden in a way, but we kind of went into our relationship knowing like, we're gonna get married because we had both gotten out of a long term relationship in the last year and we didn't really want to kind of date around. Mm -hmm. So we talked about it from the very beginning, which helped make the actual decision because there's so many couples right now that I follow and they're 
really unsure, but that's the only way you can be together. And I just hate that it's either get married or be separated. Mm-hmm. And for me, the thing that helped with all of this was like, like just faith, like faith is such a huge part of my life. And if I would not have had my faith, I really don't think I would be able to do it. But it was just like that constant for me, mm-hmm. like, no matter what's going on, it's not my plan. Yeah. So I'm just having faith and trusting that it's all going to work out. Like getting married, we had to get so many documents together and do so many things. And everyone said, if you want to do that in six weeks, like that's impossible. Good luck. Yeah. So it was just kind of like having faith that it's all going to work out. And I think that also helped. Like we also had faith with moving here and this new job and we might still end up back in the States, but at the end of the day, that's kind of what we make all of our decisions on is just like having faith that God's going to take care of us. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that uh, jumps into my next question. I feel like more than having faith is like also kind of that everything's going to be okay. I think it's also everything's going to be good, right? Everything's going to turn out wonderful how it's supposed to be. Um, and like, that's like my next question is like, despite all the challenges and changes that you had, like, what's that one thing or like a practice they do daily or something that inspires you and keeps like wonder in your life and keep dreaming, you know? Hmm. I also think like for that question, it's like also like our faith and my faith is like so important to me and it's kind of the reason I went abroad to begin with in Guatemala and that just kind of like like I don't know I just kind of trust that God's gonna lead me wherever he wants me to go and that keeps me going like I also don't know like with medical school here how that's gonna work out but I'm just kind of looking at my options and having faith and we go to church every Sunday so that definitely helps us like Mm -hmm. stay grounded and we do bible study twice a week so it's just like a really big part of our lives and that just kind of like keeps us on track but also open to possibilities of what might come next yeah I think that I I find like your story like your life story so far pretty cool just because I think it's like really a testament how life can be so cool like I'm sure there's things that are going on you know it's not easy missing your home and it's not it's like easy being away from your parents and your siblings but it's like it's so crazy you know like you literally met someone in the U.S. that's from a different country and then you end up getting married um and especially such a young age I think it just really like opens these things like there's so many possibilities and yeah I think it's pretty cool yeah there's a lot of possibilities and I also try to tell a lot of people who are like thinking of moving abroad like I'm just like just do it there's so many visas and opportunities for young people especially in Spain and Portugal you just have to find them and I lived in Spain so I also know a little bit more about their system but anytime people ask me I'm like it's definitely worth it if you really think that it's something you want like it's not easy but it's definitely such a good experience for your life to experience a new culture and country and way of life and learn a new language like all of those things have shaped me so much and I'm so grateful for them because I feel like without them I would be a completely different person yeah yeah I know I I get it too like I feel like moving here I changed a lot and 
I know. I feel like sometimes it's so easy, like going back to the pre-med thing, I feel like it's so easy for us to create goals and then have these things that we want to do. But then realizing that like life has so much offer in the present. And that's why I really like now really relate to the like choosing joy and everything you share. But um, yeah, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Val. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it a lot. So that's it, folks. Uh, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Bella. Feel free to follow her on Caffeine and Chemistry. Since this is my first week releasing episodes, um, I'll have another episode coming up in a few days. I'll announce it on my Instagram. Um, feel free to follow it. It's at wondering.sof where I post updates about the podcast and a little bit inspo every day. So thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. See you soon and keep wondering about life.